I think builders, and, and you, you can see why this is, are just so focused on the sales experience. And, and what they're really missing is that the, the bottom line is actually all in the post-sale. Listening to Build Up, the Home Builder Podcast, brought to you by ZGM. I'm Jordan. And I'm Santana. I'm a home building marketer and brand strategist. And I'm a digital marketer and the executive producer of Build Up. And together we love applying our expertise to the home building industry. Join us as we uncover industry insights, chat with colleagues, and explore exciting ways to push the home building world forward. So, Jordan, today on the podcast, we have one Scott Hamilton. He is a super knowledgeable marketer um, in all things home building and is actually the president of the Alberta New Home Warranty. So I'm excited to have him on today for this great conversation. Welcome, Scott. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, so excited to have you here today, Scott. Thanks for joining us. Um, you know, we we like to think maybe it is, maybe it isn't true, but we like to think that our reach is a little bit beyond uh, Edmonton and Alberta. So uh, for that reason, um, give us a little bit of a background and introduction to Alberta New Home Warranty Program, what that means. Yeah, for sure. We're uh, one of Canada's oldest and probably Alberta's leading provider of new home warranties. So this is a warranty that would specifically be put on new homes. Uh, one, two, five, and 10-year uh, terms for a variety of different things. We've been around about 50 years. Um, you know, we've, we, in our time, have probably warrantied about three quarters of a million homes and, uh, and right now have about 110,000 active uh, customers. So uh, lots of experience in the, in the customer service side, the post-purchase um, post service side of things. And, you know, I think a decent perspective on, on what makes a great uh, customer experience and how important the post-sale experience is to, to buyer contentment generally. It's, it's very interesting, and I, I'm, the whole purpose of uh, bringing you on the show today and having the conversation is around that sort of post-purchase customer service side of things. Um, but out of pure curiosity, uh, I'd love to know what what's the number one uh, warranty claim uh, made on, on new homes? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. I, I would say the number one claim, and this is, you know, this is kind of a regional thing, but I think if you're in North America and you're in a varied climate like we are, has to be kind of concrete work so foundations and flat work outside there just does not seem to be um, a good time to pour it it's you know it can be problematic um, climate uh, volatility is creating some pressure on that and then i would say secondarily and the thing that we spend a lot of time on and you'll see this pretty universally across north america is moisture management uh, you know, too much moisture, not enough, not the right conditions, positive pressure, negative pressure in the home. Uh, water management seems to be a really, really hot topic in terms of long-term home uh, care and maintenance. Yeah, I, I can I can imagine that. It's, it's hard to build a home. The product is a hand-built product outside, uh, and that adds a lot of different variables to things. Um, but what I want to talk to you about uh, is specifically just around, for most home builders, um, or I think just for home builders in general, we want to have the conversation and illuminate the fact that your role as a builder, um, not even just from a service and uh, from a warranty point of view, but just generally as a builder, shouldn't end after the sale, right? Yeah, absolutely. So what are, what are some of the things that you feel that builders are missing 
um, from the point that they make the sale and are maybe like, great, we're done here. Um, the house will get built and it, it's just move along. Um, what are you, what are some of the big things that you feel that home builders are missing after they made the sale? Yeah. You know, I think there's a fundamental business reason for this and it, it has to do with the intangibility of the ROI on the post sale experience, right? It's like, you sell a home and you're a builder and you want to do right. I think 99 to 100% of builders in North America want to do the right thing. They're prideful in building these homes and they do that faithfully. But it's really easy to feel the tangible effects of the sales experience when what exists is at the end of it, the outcome is a, is a check that you put in a bank account and you open up your screen, you check your bank account and there it is. You know, that feels that feels good. It's much more difficult, I think, um, for, you know, for a builder and by and large, and this is a, a generalization, to understand the ROI on something that's so intangible. Like the, the best that you can do with, with kind of the post, you know, the investments you might make in the post uh, sale experience is to say, well, it could have cost us more to sell that next home or uh, yeah, it cost us $1,000 to service that home, but it could have cost us 10. And so there's some good methodologies there. There's some good models to say it. But I think builders, and, and you, you can see why this is, are just so focused on the sales experience. And, and what they're really missing is that the, the bottom line is actually all in the post-sale. That, you know, really when you look at it, and we've got some research on this, I see what you see, one of our, our partners there, one of North America's leading customer experience management platforms. They work with major builders north and south of the of the border, um, and they looked at, at customer experience. And what they found is that a great customer experience um, is 60% more profitable in the long run, provides 5.7 times more revenue, five times more uh, referrals. And in our experience, what we found is that, and we do research on this every year with, with our customers, our, our policyholders, homeowners. Um, and what we find is that those with a positive post-purchase experience had four times more confidence in builder reputation. And so as intangible as that may be, I mean, those are tangible numbers, but okay, what does it mean to the bottom line? There's a real need to focus on the post-purchase experience and it makes a ton of sense, right? Because no one writes a Google experience that's like, um, yeah, terrible post-purchase experience, couldn't get a hold of them, they never showed up and they didn't fix problems, but man, that sales experience is second to none. Like no one writes that, they, you know, they're really, it's the, what have you done for me lately? You know, it's all about the what's happened now. And so, you know, I think and what, what we believe is that builders should really be focused on the bottom line here, which is, you know, better margins for good customer experience, lower acquisition costs, you know, improved reputation. And in the long run, that's how you really build, I think, this, this, you know, contributing sort of reciprocal model where you've got great customers and they tell other customers and, you know, that's worth, worth more than you could ever spend. I mean, that word of mouth is, is completely tangible. So, you know, I think that, that that's kind of what's happening is that it's really tangible to see the effects of a sales experience. It's a little more challenging to see tangible effects in the bottom line of a post-purchase, even if all of the evidence is there to say that it makes a big difference. It's so interesting. You Clients often come in and home builders are always talking about, you know, we need better Google reviews, better Facebook reviews, just better reviews online. Um, but the recency effect is so important in that. Like a, a customer is really only going to provide uh, their feedback on what just happened. Uh, and if that is a poor post-purchase experience, then it's <laughs> that's the feedback. They're not going to go back, you know, five, six, eight, ten months uh, and be like, oh yeah, the Johnny who we met in the in the sales center was great, and we loved uh, loved working with them. Um, so yeah, it just it it is very important to have that full kind of well thought out process and experience uh, all the way to key handoff, but then even all the way beyond that as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is made, I think, um, 
uh, ever more difficult and challenging um, as the the typical buyer um, or, or maybe the buying demographic changes. And, and these are large generalizations, right? Like various um, generations, ages, backgrounds of people are buying homes. But there, you know, there's a real bulk of home buyers today, especially in Canada, but in North America, um, who are millennial. And so, 91% of new home buyers in in Canada, and this comes from a general study, are millennial home buyers. And that comes with it, I think, a shifting of attitudes and approach that better match the experience that millennials will have. So I'm not going to make any, draw any generalizations about millennials. I feel like that's a real slippery slope. And, and I think those generalizations can be really dangerous. Um, and I don't think they're helpful. But if you reflect on the experience, you can tell why home buyers are, are, are homeowners are, are having a, a difficult time, right? Because what you'll see, and you talk about the Google reviews, is home builders will say, well, they just don't get it. You know, like homes aren't perfect and you know what we we do our best and um and if only they knew how to maintain the home if only they knew you know how to put their downspouts down and i think if you ask the average new home buyer to be honest and i know this because we deal with this all the time they'd be like sorry what's a what's a downspout you know and, and it's really simple things right yeah and and like if you reflect on it right and talk about this increasingly convenient increasingly um, expensive world, and you look at the the experience of of millennials, but everybody. So I'm just saying this because millennials are the largest home buying population right now. So if you're focusing on any experience, it's got to be kind of that general experience. You know, this is a generation, and we're living in it now. You know, you, you have an iPhone, which is an, an incredible, or maybe you have an Android or whatever you have. You know, incredibly sophisticated piece of technology that does not come with what an owner's manual, right? Cars tell you not only when you need to change the oil. Now they drive for you. Uh, my watch tells me when to stand. Like I, I am just a houseplant in this whole mix, right? Like I, I wouldn't survive one minute outside of this. And so my watch tells me to stand. And these things, by the way, improve while you own them. Home, like home ownership, home buying in general. And there are some phenomenal builders doing incredibly innovative things. But for the most part, it's a really archaic thing. And it just is further and further detached, I think, from what the general kind of retail experience is. And I think builders do themselves a disservice by assuming that they can be different. And we see it all the time. You look at the post-purchase experience that you would largely see in any other retail um, uh, sphere. And, and, you'll, and, and a lot of builders will say, well, this isn't typical retail. And you're right. It's, it's actually much worse because um, home buyers uh, carry into it not only the same expectations they have on the you know on the thing that they return because they just did you know didn't like it and this is you know any experience and that was frictionless um, except they carry into the fact that it was it was half a million dollars and so I think there's a lot there's a real lack of acknowledgement of the innovation and a real static kind of stubbornness to the way that homes are built and sold and serviced that has to change because you're not going to change an entire generation of buyers. You know, you're not going to change a home buyer group by saying, yeah, but that's not, not how it's done here. At some point, there has to be a meeting in the, in the middle. You bring up a really good point there, Scott. And I want to, I want to know, um, what are the good buyers? Like, what are the good builders doing? What, what are some of the innovations you're seeing and what are some things that people are doing that do kick ass and that you would recommend to other builders? Yeah. I mean, a really great builder today does a lot of thinking about the long-term value of the relationship. And um, if anything, what, what it comes down to, and we talk a little bit about, you know, education. And um, I think the keys there are really to say, well, it really has to be 
a shift in mindset. And so the builders are doing great things, are offering support for, for buyers um, that's timely, on-demand, and, and specific. And if you look at the general kind of customer experience and, and how things are being improved there, it has to be more and more frictionless. So a great example of this is, hey, something went wrong with my home, which it inevitably will do. I mean, as Jordan said off the top, this is made by, by and large by people um, in, in very harsh climates for the most part, like things, things happen as they do with anything you own. How that's responded to, how much self-service there is, and the ease with which that problem is solved is probably where most of this innovation is. And then you sprinkle on top of that terrible analogy, but but you put on top of that just the use of technology in, in facilitating that ease, right? Like no one cares about their furnace until they care about their furnace. No one cares about their HRV. Like if you ask a homeowner today, like go into a problem a house with a problem with, with humidity, HRV problem, like it's, it's not well balanced. And you're like, hey, have you looked at your HRV lately? And I would say vast majority, there'll be people who debate this, but I think vast majority will say, sorry, uh, what's an HRV? And and when should I care about an HRV? And yet, you know, a lot of builders will say, well, if only you had, you know, maintained your HRV. And there's an obligation to do that. I guess our approach, and I think a more progressive approach is to say, let's help people with this. So you ask about like, what are some great innovations? Well, there's some great smart home technology, some great prop tech out there that can also alert, okay, there's a humidity issue in this home that could lead to problems. We've got inside air temperature, outside air temperature, changing seasons, so on and so forth. And then I think helping proactively. And I think there's a real, you know, something else going on here from an emotional perspective too, but happy to get to that. So to your point, there's a lot of really great innovation out there. So much of it is a frictionless experience that doesn't say you're never going to have a problem. That doesn't say that there there won't be issues. It really just helps people be proactive about it and self, self-serve. Like lots of good studies out there that say 80% of people want to solve this problem themselves you know, until they don't. And and that's where a lot of that innovation is. And then building materials and otherwise, you know, there's things that are happening there. But if you look at the experience, it has to match kind of the frictionless experience with an Amazon return, you know, and not that those things are particularly comparable, but just that experience, that that feeling is the same. I think it's such an interesting, you know, insight to look at the fact that you've got, like you said, that the largest group of buyers today is millennial. And their product experiences and the kinds of products that they've grown up with were really products that, like like you said again, don't have a manual, do a lot of things on their own, do a lot of things for you, tell you when to do it. Like, look at cars today. Like, you know, when a millennial, like a boomer or a Gen X uh, was buying a car, like chances are they probably knew how to change a tire, they probably knew how to change oil, they knew some basic features and functions of the vehicle. Ask a millennial today if they even know where the oil goes in the vehicle. Like, good luck, because you're right. The vehicle says, uh, yeah, you're due for a service. It's already been booked. Just like drive in there. But the house is so different from that. The house doesn't do any of that. You know, there's probably technologies that can help you with that. And, and hopefully we can get that into that in a second. But yeah, for the most part, the house is just there. It's got so many individual parts to it. Like you mentioned, the HRV, the furnace, um, you know, windows, doors, sills, like all these other different elements to the house that aren't connected in any way in a centralized fashion to be like, here's your resource for everything. You, you know, oftentimes you will from a, a builder perspective, new buyers will get a binder that's, you know, three inch ring thick full of here's all your manuals and details. But as if anyone's ever read that and knows what's going on. But, you know, to that end, 
Are there any things, uh, products or processes or things you've seen in the market, Scott, that can help home builders and then ultimately home buyers in that like new home experience, understanding what they need to do with their house, understanding the steps and, and maintenance and, and making sure that that's quite flawless and, and making sure from the builder perspective, they feel supported and, you know, well-resourced. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, before getting to that, just backing up a step for a moment, um, although I know this is your podcast, so do what you want, but just in terms of like, why is this a problem? Because um, you'll hear a lot of builders say it just feels worse. Oh, it is. And, uh, you know, our our perspective of it is it has everything to do with affordability. Like research would tell you that that and I'll focus on Canada here because um, generalizing these stats in North America, even within Canada, even within the city province, horrendously problematic. But bear with me just for the core narrative here is. 80% of Canadians want to own a new home. I'm sure to some degree that's that's probably more or less the case in the US. It has a lot to do with the with the psychology of it, right? It's um, people want to own their space. It's it's a very deeply biological thing that's changing and what's a home and how do I own and is owning important. Bottom line is people if given the opportunity would own a home. Um, and so when you add to that the fact that affordability is pushing this dream, and it truly is a dream for many, further and further out of reach, what you have is someone who, when they achieve it and they can afford to, nine times out of 10, it's a stretch. Our research shows us 90% of the time, and this is for Western Canada, but I'm sure it's probably even worse otherwise, because um, it's really affordable here. They'll say it's a stretch. And what happens, right? Well, 70% of those people are very worried. The most, um, the most worrisome thing to them is not that they can't afford the home or that they'll find they'll run into financial trouble. It's that something that goes wrong with the home that they can't afford to fix will actually push them over the brink. They're that tight. And there's lots of financial data that says, hey, households are, are tighter than ever. So you have someone who's frustrated by the fact that they've they've spent this much money. It's a big outlay. And psychologically, and this is deep, and I'm not a psychologist by any means, but psychologically, the home is really important to you, right? Like it becomes part of your identity. It's who you are. And you take that so personally. And what you carry into that is, Oh, and by the way, this was a huge stretch for us. So it's the perfect paradox, right? It's it's sort of like, man, why isn't this perfect? It's half a million dollars. Most It's for many people, the most expensive thing they'll ever own. It's a thing that keeps them right at the brink. So in terms of, you know, why this is heightened, it's because, you know, culturally, generationally, it's just getting harder to own a home and there's less room than ever. And there's a whole bunch of reasons for that that are probably for a, a different podcast. But, you know, that that be that as it may, to your question of, of, you know, what can be done about it? I think the builders who are leaning into that culture of ease, that convenience, the recency and immediacy piece is really important. So the proactive reactive. So, you know, a really core sort of fundamental practice that we think is great is, look, you know, the customer journey, you know, the post-possession journey, which is, you know, what are people worried about the next day in their house? What about a week later? What about a month later? What about seasonally? Um, and if we can be proactive about what they need to maintain, you know, research tells us 86% of the people that we're, we're connected to that are customers of ours want active maintenance advice. 86% were like, absolutely strongly agree. Please help us with that. So if you can do that in a timely fashion, and then if you can be responsive. So um, if you can source a problem, like, you know, back to the HRV issue. Well, first of all, I'm going to ask, what is an HRV? I'm, I'm, Googling that or what you know, whatever, whatever um, you know, browser you're using or, or, or search, but um, you're gonna Google it. And so if you can provide that kind of 
on-demand information, but just proactive. Like, what should I be worried about? How can you help me with? We also know that 60 to 70% of those people would pay for us to help them do that, right? Like this isn't really so much about affordability as it is ease. So if you can, if I can pay you a little bit to do that, so, you know, we're partnered with some organizations, we're testing some stuff. There are other builders who are really, you know, saying, okay, well, maybe there's a bigger picture here about how we can can help. So, you know, different builders are doing different things, but at the core of it, if you can provide information at the right time and be responsive, that solves like 80% of these problems. Because whenever we see an escalation, it's because, you know, something wasn't addressed right away in the right way. People didn't have information like basic information, you know, put your downspouts down when it's going to rain, that if they had known that would have solved a bunch of other problems. And then they'll come back and say, well, why didn't you tell me that? Right. And we I think formally to your point about the DIY um, culture, you know, yeah, there are a lot of parents who walk into into or, you know, parental figures or, or of a generation that was maybe a little bit more hands on with oil in their car. It's funny to use that because, um, you know, many cars today, like they're like, please don't touch the oil. Just like don't you know even don't go near it and uh, and yet you know i actually think if we're talking about millennial buyers or, or the kind of large proportion of buyers today tremendously entrepreneurial very agile and very diy will google like how to land a, a rover on mars and actually do it right like there, there's just a real culture to discovery and and ownership that I think is just um, not adequately embraced here. And that gets a little philosophical, but I really am allergic to the notion that like, there's a laziness to today's homeowner or there's, you know, actually these people are insanely industrious. Like you look at the things that, that people have accomplished with, you know, very little education and just experience and just the ability, the, the availability of information. We just need to help them focus in the right moment on the right things. I think that's so smart. Like we often talk about the millennial and you know, this idea of errand fatigue and not wanting to do things and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, all of that's true and it has its place. But when millennials and we're, we're massively stereotyping and grouping here, but that that's OK for the purposes of the conversation, um, when millennials are invested in something, in their job, in um, a nonprofit, in a community event, uh, and in a, you know, I would even argue that you could put homeownership in there because homeownership, you went through all the points before. That's such a big milestone for people. Owning a home, that's a sign of success. That's a big you know step in people's lives. They're invested in that, and in those areas where millennials are invested, they're willing to put in a lot of work. Uh, and that's almost what creates the fatigue on everything else is that they're so invested in those small and in, in those, you know, core areas of their lives uh, and they're not spread across so many different things. Um, I, I, do you have any examples, Scott, of, you know, how this is done? So we talked about, you know, getting that timely information out, getting the follow up, having the maintenance pieces. Um, how does a builder actually go about supporting their customer in that way? Yeah, for sure. And just to qualify, I'm probably what would be termed a geriatric millennial. So before I throw stones, like I'm, I'm in that group. I'm right on the cusp between, you know, kind of Gen X millennial. So I like I, I feel everything that's there. So I'm just I'm not casting there. Um, although I hate the term geriatric, geriatric millennial, um, but whatever. I think it's so, hilarious. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, days I, I totally feel it. But, you know, on that, like life's busy, <laughs> right? There's just, there's, there's lots going on and, and there's way more coming at you than ever before. And I will fight someone to the death on that. Like, it's, it's just true, right? Like no one can say this is easier than it's ever been. Yeah, there's things that are making this easier, but all these conveniences, like, man, if they're there, why wouldn't you use them? Like, 
yeah, I want my thermostat to learn these things. This is a huge like off ramp, but you know, I want it to tell me how to be better at this. I want things to to make life easier because it's just generally harder. So, um, in terms of what builders are doing and what they're using, you know, I think the great thing and and why I feel like builders really need to lead lean into kind of this progressive modern you know customer experience and really look outside of the building industry by and large for this is, you know, there's a, a, a few, a bunch, you know, many, whatever, you know, however many you, you want to kind of uh, put a volumetric to it, platforms that will do this really well. They actually make it pretty easy to do this, right? You you have an app that um, care takes for the homeownership experience. There's a reason to be in that app. There's prompts that come from that app that aren't, you know, trading your information. They're not trying to sell you anything. They're just a way to kind of manage this. You know, and then I think there's also just, um, uh, you know, in the home, smart home technologies and otherwise that now are kind of really prompting you when you're not doing the things you ought to do. Ecobee makes some great products. Nest has some good products in this too that really know the conditions that ought to be in the home will will alert you when when that's the case. Because, you know, the other, we talk about millennials, but there's a dimensionality to that and that one in five of those of homes purchased in Canada is purchased by new Canadians who've had a completely different cultural, environmental, you know, um, uh, climatological experience, right? And and we deal with with a, a tremendous diversity. And so having having smart home products that can help kind of keep home buyers, homeowners in 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 between the guardrails of proper home maintenance is really, really helpful. So you have both kind of the 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 apps that will will engage with a homeowner and control that experience for them. And then you also have these other products that contribute to it, that give information, that help them kind of steer in the right direction on this, much like, you know, you look at a car and sort of lane technology, you know, uh, in kind of these semi-autonomous. I mean, I think homes are going that way and kind of everybody wants that, right? They don't want control and there's kind of the, the big brother aspect of some of that I think people are concerned about. But for the most part, those are really helpful technologies. This also gets me fired up as a content marketer because there are so many great opportunities for content marketing and the customer experience, right? Like you go to like Google about a problem happening in your house and all of a sudden you realize that one particular home builder has all this like kick-ass FAQ, blog content, whatever set up in order to like answer all of your questions. Like it's easy brand awareness. It, I don't know, it just, there's a lot of exciting mm -hmm. opportunities outside of just caring for the customers too that come from that. Yeah, and and you know, interesting Santana, it's a great point. Um, you know, if I put my marketer hat on, I would say that the the big experience, we know this because we work with about, you know, four to 500 builders and, and many more in our kind of lifetime, but actively, the number one request is help me manage my customer's experience. And what they want is that content. And so we see huge engagement. Like we feel like a real knowledge ownership to maintaining your home. We understand what has to happen, you know, in your warranty, we've seen all the things that could go wrong. We've seen why they go wrong. And they're like not new, <laughs> you know, they're they're age olds. And so although the, there are new problems, you know, periodically and, and the way that new homes are built and creates, you know, a momentary sort of uh, learning curve, for the most part, that's great content. And people um, being homeowners really want it. Like it's just kind of this perfect storm of, hey, this is something that's really relevant to me that I want and I'm okay with you engaging with me. And if you can make it easier, all the better. So we, you know, it is 
really relevant content, really good content, helpful. And there's just, you know, there's a lot out there. We, we help our builders by providing that service to them. And, and it's a really great partnership because it helps everybody wins. It's this classic win, win, win. It feels like we're in the office, but it is. It's like the homeowner's experience is better. We have fewer problems. The builder has a, a better experience with that customer. And, and everybody moves on having, having won, which is a, a great, you know, outcome. And so, yeah, content-wise, there's just... You know, there's there's lots of it, but that's also the reason having these kind of time or or incident uh, triggered um, uh, sharing of that information. And so we use the Salesforce platform. There are many others out there. Is really important because again, like you don't care about your HRV until you care about your HRV, and um, you know that that's just important to to note. And so need to help people parse through that all that information and doing that seasonally and in a focused way. You know, really really helpful. Yeah. And, and I think that seasonality of things as well, like uh, you just keep and it doesn't have to be hard. Like you Salesforce is a great example. There's HubSpot. There's so many different tools that can automate these processes. So it doesn't have to be, you know, a, a dedicated post-purchase warranty person of any nature. Like it, it could be automated processes that just continue a relationship with your customer uh, and, and make your customer feel taken care of, um, which is great. Um, I wanted to talk about as well a little bit around um, if you, Scott, see in your opinion across the industry, um, is there sort of a, a, a glaring gap? Like if there was one thing that you could say to every single builder in Alberta, Canada, North America, um, this is what you have to do starting tomorrow, what would that one thing be? <laughs> Yeah, I wish I had the like the golden answer to that, Jordan, because uh, probably you'd be you'd be talking about me, my, but, yeah, about my book. But I think what we've seen in, in our experience is, you know, being empathetic is a really big component of being successful. So really listening to people and not just assuming that homeowners are doing the wrong thing. Like I think one of the mistakes that the industry makes, at least we see it, is they tend to look at education, like educating customers and homeowners as something they're going to do to them. Like if only we could educate you, this would be easier. And I feel like, you know, you really have to look at it like there's a real need for it. We can do it in a way that's complimentary and, and needed. And we don't just have to tell them this is the way it is. So, so believe it. I think that being, um, you know, being empathetic and then being flexible and adaptive, you know, a good example of this, we do this annual survey. What we hear back from homeowners is that <clears throat> when we want to reach out to them, 86% want to be contacted by email, only 3% want us to phone them. This makes a ton of sense as a, as a geriatric millennial. Like, I don't even know what my phone ring is anymore. I'm, I, you know, I think it's just easier to get them a hold of me in other ways. However, when homeowners want to reach us, only 56% of them use email, 38% of them want to use the phone. So you can make some really dangerous assumptions here. So, you know, if I had to give one piece of advice, it would be empathetic, like to be empathetic and, and don't worry that you're going to give it all away. Like, I think this is the big concern is that, well, if we give a little bit, next thing we know, we're rebuilding a house for them. And that that's just, you know, not true. And I think when you hear about um, builders or, or other parties talking about unreasonable homeowners, it just means that they're fighting logic. They're fighting emotion with logic. And, and that's kind of the thing where, that we find is this, this empathy of the experience is really important. It's so true on, you know, the email versus call side of things. Um, you know, you often get those, you fill out a, a form or something. And it's like, do you want us to call you or email you or text you? And I'm like, email me hundred percent, never call me. 
Santana and I were just talking before the episode on the only calls I get on my phone are spam calls or, or, you know, some kind of survey something and I'm not interested. Um, and, but then I think on the other side of it, you know, as a millennial myself as well, like if I have a problem, it needs to be solved now and I'm going to call you to get it solved now. We've got to figure this out. I'm not going to wait to email you and hope to get a response three days from now. I want to speak to someone and I want to get it solved now. Yep. Yeah. And you want to be able to do that on your terms. And I think that 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 adaptability, the flexibility, I think great builders are a lot better at this now um, where, you know, non-traditional business hours, like it's it's tough to get some of that stuff done during the day. Now, when we talk about expectation setting, hey, you know, a lot of the trades only work in the during the, the daytime. Building a home is challenging. There's going to be in the process of owning a home some compromise on both sides. Like the availability of trades is, is something we deal with all the time. And as best as we can, we try and, you know, negotiate that and, and schedule that on, on the homeowner's terms. Sometimes that's difficult, right? And so, you know, we, we try and do that as much as possible. But I think, you know, making it convenient, making it accessible and being responsive is really critical. I don't think for the most part, people always want the answer right away. There's a tolerance to, thank you. Let me look into this. I'm going to get back to you by X. Okay, great. Now you have until two o'clock the next day or whatever it is. And and that it's amazing how much that just basic hygiene and customer service just is not done consistently. And it's so important. I just like that's a great point, Scott. Like it doesn't have to be the answer right away, but I do think it just has to be. I, I know someone's taking care of this and, and you know, you can give that, you know, we'll get back to you by two o'clock tomorrow or end of day tomorrow, whatever it is. Um, and if you have that follow through, that confidence for the building for the customer, like I think all of that is just extremely important. I think there's an element of like, oh, no, I'd, like I don't have the answer right now and I'm letting them down. But as long as you give them and you follow through on what you're giving them, um, you know, I think that's just, that's almost a, a more important. Agreed. I will, I harp on this often in the podcast and I will go back to my little soapbox here. I do think there's a lot of really great innovation and ideas that home builders can steal from tech as well. So when we talk about this idea of I want an answer the way that I want it now and maybe off hours, chatbots, baby, like they are great. They are easy yeah. to set up. You can put your FAQ section into it. You can have folks submit their requests through it if the FAQ can't help them. But a lot of times the FAQ can get them sorted out and a nice, quick, easy setup automation chatbot can flow those questions through. And that thing is your 24 hour employee. So I think just like reviewing all your options is is such a big thing. And it's something that tech has done forever. Like any app you interact with will funnel you through their chatbot FAQ first and then divert you to a person. But I would imagine 80% of the times yeah. it has an article that can help you. Yeah, so true. And that's something that we, you know, we're building and a lot of builders have built and because you have the knowledge too, right? Like we can tell because we have all the data. I know that 75% of claims that we get are in the first year and like 60% of those are about the two things we talked about off the top, you know, either water ingress into the home or management generally or some sort of flat work issue. We have the knowledge for that. So to say, like, is this a problem? Should I be concerned? That's really easy to figure out. And so that self-serve kind of notion is just, you know, really good practice. Now, we could be better at it. You know, there's work to be done to, to, to be better at it. But you're right, Santana. I think it's a big point. And it, it allows a customer to address that on their own terms. And if they need additional assistance, they can they can get it. And and I think we, you know, so 
a home can be complicated. It's scary. Like, you know, and, and so, and I, I, you know, not everybody feels that way, but a lot of homeowners do. And so sometimes they just want to talk to a person. Great. Like call us and we'll talk you through it. But not lots of people are allergic to that. They'd rather deal with every, every manner of technology before they get to that point. And that's great. We want to be able to do that because a lot of these things have, been, have happened. We know what they are and we know how to deal with them. And people can do, homeowners can do something about them, you know, right away. I've got one question left, Scott, but before I ask that final question, uh, I wanted to give you the opportunity. We've got a home builder audience here. Is there anything as a major warranty provider that uh, you wanted to share with that home builder audience now that you've got an opportunity? No, you know, I think it's just, um, I get it. You know, builders sell the dream and that's what it is for so many people. And that sounds so contrived, but it's it's just so true. It's really hard to sell the dream and also tell people in that same way, Ooh, you might have water problems, but don't worry, it's going to be okay. So, you know, we get it. It's it's really tough to set, you know, when do I set expectations? How do I set expectations? And there's a real kind of art to that. It's also, you can really overthink it. You know, I think if builders just put their customer journey up and they put a happy face and a sad face based on the feedback and said, well, what's happening here? I think they'd be way better off. And so there's just so much value. And, and especially when you talk about marketing and you talk about the reputation, which is just so critical that after sales experience builders get scared that they're going to give it away and i think i'd be here to say quite confidently you're absolutely not and by you know clamming up and by refusing to deal with some of the issues that you ought to deal with up front even if it costs you a bit of money it's going to cost you a lot more money and heartache in the long run because i guess our experience is saying what story does the customer have to tell? And and of course, we could always be better and we're not perfect at this. And, you know, we deal with a lot of different people and we learn a lot of things. But, you know, what story does the customer have to tell? Because that's the one they're going to tell. And so doesn't mean you have to give them everything. And there's certainly a line to be drawn. But, you know, there, there's really this kind of reticence and fear around, well, that could be expensive. Well, yeah, but it could be a lot more expensive, too. Oh, for sure. You know, you get somebody going off online and social and chats and reviews and places on how bad your service was, you know, that could be a lot more difficult to deal with than maybe just fixing the problem in the first place. For sure. Yeah. And you need to set expectations and there's definitely a line and you want to set the right precedent. Like you don't want to do something for a customer that you wouldn't do with another customer. But, you know, I think I think good builders now, you know, homes are better quality than ever, even if that isn't everyone's experience. But that's, you know, the truth. and, And so it's just in how you deal with it. I always say that your customers are the sales team you never hired. Like you don't get to pick them, but they are your sales team. And like, yeah. they're either doing a great job totally. or they're doing a bad job. And that's, that's on you. Yes. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. It's so true. And they're actually the, probably your most influential sales force, uh, to be honest. Uh, really, especially if you look at the way that, that people join a community and the way that they look for homes, it's, it's not unlike, you know, the way you purchase cars, the way you look at res- like people look for the worst uh, possible reviews first, and then they're going to work back from there. They're not, you know, and that's just, it's human nature, right? Definitely. Um, all right. Last quick question for you, Scott. Um, what, uh, what are some ways that home builders should be using, uh, you know, new home warranty program uh, or their warranty program? Um, just what are some underutilized resources that you could provide to builders? For sure. I mean, I, I like to tell people, and I don't think it's contrived to say we're in the business of peace of mind, um, that, you know, really when you're talking about buying a home, the confidence that we can give is the partnership and the post-purchase experience to say, look, it's going to be okay. Not only is your builder there, but we're there. And, you know, we handle claims all the time. We stand behind it. And, you know, I think that gives people a lot of peace of mind to say, well, the big scary things that could go wrong and push me over my kind of 
you know, monthly financial scenario will be taken care of. And, and so that's a big part of our role. I think our, our reputation, our experience, and what we contribute to, as, as Santana talked about, kind of the content sphere of, hey, we can help you manage this. We can help set those expectations because, you know, you're great at building homes and that's what you do because you're a home builder, right? And so service is a part of what you do and you know it's part of reputation. You're thinking about long-term value. But that post-possession partnership is really what it's all about. And that's where we excel. And if, if you have a good um, warranty partner, they're worried as much about your customer as they're worried about you. And, you know, we have an obligation to to our homeowners. There are our policyholders and first and foremost. But, you know, we look at this as, as a bit of a, an ecosystem. And so we provide builders with support for their homeowners and everybody wins in the end. You know, if, if a homeowner is better prepared, if they're able to service their problems promptly, you know, and if they have a good sense of confidence, that makes things a lot easier when things invariably go wrong, because this is, you know, it's it's a complicated, built homes are a complicated thing, right? As you said there, although components might be built in the factory and, you know, increasingly some homes are made entirely in a factory, the vast majority of homes are made on site with, with humans, you know, using natural materials and um, in, in pretty harsh conditions at times. So, you know, that's, that's kind of our, advantage and you know we've just got a lot of data on that too about what goes wrong and what we can handle and you know how how builders can improve their experience for the next homeowner and we contribute a lot of of information to that um path that's fantastic thank you so much scott this has been a great conversation i really appreciate you uh, giving us the time and coming on the show what a great episode i'm so excited to talk about our big takeaways if you don't mind i would love to go first jordan yeah by all means santana please I would say my biggest takeaway from this is just this continued idea of your customers being your sales team and how important it is to guard your brand and to strengthen your brand by providing an exceptional customer service. So that's my big takeaway. What's yours? My biggest takeaway, it was such a great conversation and there were so many worthy takeaways from this episode. But I think my biggest takeaway, and you know what, this isn't a biggest takeaway just in terms of, you know, this is what builders need to focus on. But I think this is just a great takeaway for myself and for everyone in general in the world that we live in today. Uh, and that's when Scott was talking about empathy. He spoke about it in terms of when you are dealing with your customers and the customer is struggling with something or they're struggling to fix something uh, or that something's broken and they're frustrated. You know, I think a lot of the times the reaction can be, oh, well, you didn't do it right and you missed all of this and, you know, that's your fault or, you know, you should have known better. And I love when Scott talked about having empathy in those moments and really understanding that, you know, a lot of people, this is the first time they've owned a new home. For a lot of people this time, this is the first time they've owned a home. This is very different. It's very different than owning any other product. It's huge. There are so many pieces to it. Uh, and having that little bit of empathy, looking at things more patiently, looking at things um, with a little bit more understanding, I think can go a long way. And I think it can go a long way to showing the customer that you're there so to support them in the long term. And I think it can also go a long way uh, to customer satisfaction and you know being the company and, and the builder that I think a lot of builders want to be. So um, yeah, that's my biggest takeaway. Empathy I think is missing, not just from the home building industry, but from our world in general. So there's your big takeaway for the Build Up podcast and uh, for the world in general. I'm giggling right now because 
I think about, I don't own a home yet, um, but I think about how poorly I treated my first car because I didn't know any better because I don't like cars. And you know what, Jordan? I don't like homes. And when I own a home for the first time, I am probably going to like, I don't know, see if there's an app or a guide that I can buy, like a yeah. Uh, dummies guide to owning your first home or to home maintenance because I wasted a lot of money on my first car fixing things retroactively that could have been prevented if I had been a good car owner and so I love that point about empathy because yeah like would it increase my brand loyalty if my car company was willing to work around my inaptitude it for sure would <laughs> you know like maybe just yeah. because the home isn't you know the home might be your cheapest model but that doesn't mean it's a cheap purchase oh for sure and sometimes we forget that right absolutely and it doesn't mean that the person buying it uh is going to treat it as such like they're probably it's the most expensive thing they've ever bought they're still probably going to want to treat it really well Absolutely. Better than I treated that poor first car of mine. RIP to that thing. <laughs> what was it? Um, it was a Dodge Journey, which is like Ooh. basically a, a mom van yeah. of sorts. It was like a gift from my parents. My actually, my dad bought it because he had these two giant dogs and he wanted a car <laughs> to take them to the dog park. Yep. So I got the dog mobile when I went off to college, but no one told me how to care for this slobber covered vehicle of mine, which was actually quite new and other than in desperate need of a detail was in great condition. But um, anyway, yeah, that was my first vehicle that I treated poorly. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Good lesson. Lessons for everyone. Uh, Yeah. This has been Build Up, a ZGM podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and subscribe on your favorite listening app. Thanks to Shelby, our editor, Santana, our executive producer, Scott for our original music, and you for listening along. Be sure to follow us on your favorite social platform at Build Up Podcast. Podcast.